where I have a whole different view of something simply because God allowed me to be their parent, right? Like I would have never seen it that way. And yet him delighting in me allows me to see that and delight in that in them. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life. A voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. So today on The Kindling Fire, I have uh, Chris on, Chris Hartenstein. I, I'm probably butchering your name a little bit. Hartenstein. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Okay, good. Uh, so uh, so recently I was uh, had the joy of running with uh, some of my Zoe buddies. Um, with uh, They did a retreat called King Me Advance uh, based on a, a book that uh, Michael Thompson is going to be releasing soon. And in that event, I met Chris. And, and Chris runs a ministry called New Frontiers. Uh, I'd been hearing about it. It's kind of like father-son trips out in Montana, and I'm sure there's more, you know, kind of nuance to that. Uh, but he's also a father of eight. Um, that's as much as I know. I've got, I listened <laughs> to him at the retreat. He he has a father's heart, uh, and and uh, has is really learning that that the art of being fathered and fathering, being fathered by God and fathering. That is such a beautiful way and uh the lord has kind of taken me down those paths as well so i was really keen to talk to chris and some of the things that he's learned so let people know a little bit more about yourself and then we can kind of get into the topic today sounds good thanks man um so husband of ruth amazing woman um a saint actually i believe <laughs> she's performed uh, many miracles in our home uh, we have eight kids our oldest son is rob he's married to michelle and they have a little one named brady uh, brady uh most days is my favorite person in the world being a grandpa is a blast i love it um then lindsley uh judah he is married to olivia they just got married in december so that's pretty exciting for them cool. jared who works for me at new frontier and uh, he's married to Nadia. And then Seth, who's in college uh, here in Cincinnati. Gabby is the next one in the line. She is in uh, out in Arizona at Grand Canyon University. And then Isabel and Joe are the last two kind of left at home. So everybody else is in some way or another been partially or all launched out of the <laughs> out of the Hartenstein yeah. nest. And then yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the family. Yep. Yeah, and and so tell me tell me a little bit about what New Frontiers is about, and also maybe what you do, you know, in your day day job kind of thing. Day job, yeah. So, um, own a little company called Heartco. Uh, we're a vinyl manufacturer. I think our claim to fame is that we make the guts of all the leather footballs in the world. So NFL, NCAA, everybody touches uh, touches our lining. So that's kind of our claim to fame. Um, Heartco is also a tool that God uses to father mentor the men and the families that work here. And so it's part of our ministry. It's also a big part of the economic engine that drives the new frontier. And the new frontier 
is primarily a father-son ministry. It's to turn the hearts of fathers back to their sons and the sons of the hearts of the sons back to their fathers. And we have a one-year journey that the fathers and sons take um, on two primary adventures, identity and, and code. Who am I? And then how do I live that out each day with an awesome trip in the middle out to Montana? And uh, we've been doing that as a family. We've been doing trips like that since 2005. And then mm-hmm. we started the ministry in 2012. So yeah. this is this is actually our our 10 year anniversary of the new frontier actually this year. So we're pretty that's, excited about that. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. When you talk about uh, taking them on a year journey, uh, I know about the trips. Mm-hmm. What is the in-between look like? Uh, and yeah, what does that look like? Yeah. So, so we get to Montana, we focus on, you know, the, that core piece of being a beloved son. And, mm-hmm. but before that we, each month there's a topic so like January, the topic that we do in January is um, origin, where to know who I am, I need to know where I come from. And so mm-hmm. there's a movie that the father and son watch with what we call calibration questions. There's a teaching video for the dad. Then there's a video for them to do together with more questions. And then there's like what we call a mini adventure, which is they go out and do something together experiential around uh, this idea of origin, like who we are. Mm-hmm. where we come from. And so each month there's a different topic and e- each topic builds one on top of the other. And then the end, the year ends in December. Then when they come back, that's the ending there. They do a knife ceremony. And so every yeah. month dad has videos, content, questions, everything he needs to lead his dad or to lead the, for the dad to lead his son on this journey of, Hey, I am a son and and I'm not just a boy anymore. I'm actually moving into becoming a man. Mm. And so the whole year is mapped out for them to do together. And they do it through the app. We created an app. Really, my son Jared created the app. Um, he is uh, he's the genius behind the app development. But everything's laid out, and it's um it's super awesome. Like the you know Joe's my youngest. He's 13, and this is the first year with any of my sons that I get to actually go through the app with one of my own. So all the years of learning it and developing it, now I get to actually use it. And uh, I'm telling you, it's way easier and way more fun having it mapped out this way than it was with the older four trying to figure it out along the path. Yeah. It's really cool, man. That, that just sounds fantastic. I I didn't know that, you know, it, it involved that kind of journey. Um, what a gift to men, man. Men need roadmaps. And uh, it sounds like you've given them a great roadmap to really go after their son's heart. Is there an age range in which that's kind of a good target? Um, yeah, the 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 heroic journey is 13 to 18, 17, 18. Okay. Okay. And then we do have an advanced trip that we do in August for uh, sons that are 18 to 25 and unmarried. And that that trip we focus on mission like identity driven mission so mm-hmm. out of who i am comes what i do oh and that's the good that god's created for me and that's a six-month journey that the, the fathers and sons do together and then while they're there um billy say billy sawyers and his son jojo come out mm-hmm. and we make knives from like scratch forge knives in the morning and then do discuss mission and purpose in the afternoon Man, um, that's that's exciting stuff. Yeah, it's 
it's a pretty epic week, man. It's a yeah, ton that's, of fun. <laughs> that's fun. Well, look, uh, I, I'm I'm all like geeking out on all this. So um, before we uh, just tell them where to get that. If you if you're a guy and you're listening and that sounds like something interesting to you, before we even talk about what we're going to talk about today, where do they go to get this? Where can they go? Yeah. So the website is the new frontier ministries.org and it'll you'll see where to go once you get in there there'll be father and son adventures men adventures and stuff like that it's all listed on the website but it's the new frontier ministries.org yeah that's fantastic well well one of the things i that i uh you know got the privilege to hear your heart uh at this retreat and kind of your father's heart and you know uh having you know written fatherhood face plants and and, you know, raising my, you know, I got four kids and raising two boys and just the intentionality of, of God fathering me to become a, a, a good healed and healthy father, which was a long road for me. Um, I was really loved um, hearing your heart because I, I got it. You know, that idea that, man, the, the investment in the family and making that name glorify God through generations. What a massive, wonderful mission, right? Beyond making money, beyond doing, you know, just the idea that God, God can take wherever I'm at, make me better, and then give my, my kids an incredible starting point and roadmap to just kill it, you know, just to love God and be fruitful, you know? So one of the keys that you brought up in that discussion was you, you made this point and I'll read it. It basically says the father, God knows the glory he has created in me and is moving me to live out that glory. Uh, he loves, uh, he loves me where I am, but he won't let me stay there. Right. He loves me. Not enough. He wants me to kind of move in and, and, and so, and the idea is sort of like, how are we partnering with God, you know, with our children? And so can you talk a little bit about kind of your, your heart and your mind behind that point and, and some of what we were kind of talking about before we got this show started? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to take a step back and uh, GK Chesterton has a quote where he says that we have such a problem with our identity that we have forgotten that we have forgotten that we don't know who we are. It's that deep to our core. And, you know, as God fathers us, so you and I, as he fathers us, we don't just learn more about him. We learn more about ourselves, right? And mm -hmm. so who I who I thought I was 30 years ago um, as, a, as a man and as a son and as a person and is very different than who I think I am today, right? Like mm -hmm. not just the beloved son, but but my, but my personality and my character and, and my glory and, you know, that white, that, that name written on that white stone, it's very different today than I would have, than I would have thought, you know, 25, 30 years ago. And so yeah. as God has fathered me, right, there's a, a new and clear understanding of my glory, like what he's created in me that I am to uniquely reflect about who he is. And, and that's a process like that happens as he fathers us. Right. And so I think that's the same thing that happens as we parent, like we have a kid and we're like, this kid's going to do this and this kid's going to do that. And they're going to go to college and they're going to get married. And then you know, they're going to have, you know, 2.4 kids and have a dog and like, live, you know, we have all these expectations. We, we set expectations for ourselves and who we are, what God 
what, what we think God wants to do with our life, you know, what our marriages are supposed to look like. We just, we have so many expectations in the ways in which we think things are going to look right. Yeah, and that's the truth. And yet God, God knows like, he's like, Hey, Hartenstein, like those are okay. But like, here's the best, like, I know what life to the full is. I, I want to take you there. And I love you right now in your misunderstanding of who you are. Um, but I want, I want to lead you into exactly who you are and what I've wired you for. And, you know, when I, when I shape you, I want and, and intended for you to be something, I want to move you in that direction. And so, you know, that's what, that's what dad does for us, right? Like he's constantly moving us in that direction. Um, and so as a parent, you know, is, is I saw God doing that with me and I was unlearning the things about myself. I realized, wow, I have a lot of expectations for who my kids are going to be, for what they're going to do, for how their lives are going to look, um, that I have to unlearn too, because I didn't, like, you know, I was there, obviously, at their inception, <laughs> but I did not handcraft them. I did not breathe life into their lungs. I did not give them a glory, right? That's all the, that's all the father gave to them. And so as I was, as I was learning and being fathered to accept who I was created to be, there was then this process of learning to do that with my kids, to mm -hmm. To understand, you know, who God has created them to be. And then coming alongside how God was fathering them and father them, right? Not me as the primary father, but as a help to the way that dad, you know, God wanted to father them and what he wanted them to become and how he wanted to grow them and, you know, the situations he wanted them to endure and work through. And so, it changed, um, it changed my whole view of what parenting looked like instead of the goal of X, Y, and Z, it was like a whole different goal of like, okay, A, B, and C, like, this is what God's doing. That's where I should be inserting my time, my effort, you know, um, uh, that's how I should be stewarding my children, right? So Not owning them, but stewarding them. Yeah, so let me ask you, I'm, I'm sure there's so much here, and I'm sure you have more to add, but I just want to insert this question, and, and that is, like, when did you start seeing it? You know, because it sounds like it's, um, I had this thing that I that I said that was uh, praying for God to show you the thumb, his thumbprint on your children. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a pair of glasses. It's sort of like, I see you this way. I, you need to do this, or here's the things I understand that need to happen. And then God gives you another pair of glasses. You're like, whoa, I didn't, I totally did not see this. <laughs> you know, I did. This is a different perspective. This is a different lens in which I'm looking at them through. Did, okay. did you have an aha moment at all in that space with any of your kids where maybe you were looking at them one way and then you started to see them a different way with the Lord's help? I think, I think it was sort of gradual, mm. but I, I think the, the biggest, so with, you know, with Rob, our oldest, you know, all, obviously as a firstborn, you have all these expectations. Yeah. And as a firstborn, 
no matter how hard I tried, I still put expectations on him. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he's the first. So poor kid, him and Lindsay are our first, you know, first son, first daughter. So they get, they get all the wounds. They get all, all the mistakes. That's the truth. You know, they're battered and bruised from, you know, mine and Ruth's learning curves. So, um, <laughs> you know, poor kids, but I think it was with Lindsay more than it was with Rob in that Lindsay is, she is so creative and so right-brained. Um, she loves to write poetry and music and, and I'm a, I'm a left-brained highly, um, like I'm a great problem solver. You, you give me a process, I'll tear it down, build it back up again. Um, you know, had all this training in Six Sigma and Lee Manufacturing. Oh gosh, yes, I know like, all that. Yeah, just like <laughs> I know all about that. <laughs> so warped and twisted. But the problem is, is that you know, when you have that mindset, you bring it into your into your into your parenting to some degree. And I can remember Six Sigma meets an artist. Oh, that's yeah, problem, right, right? <laughs> right, like black and white. Day and night. Right? Oh my gosh. And Why so, are you wandering around? <laughs> I don't, it's crazy. Right. And so I can remember her, um, like bringing me poetry or writing a song or, um, you know, we'd watch a movie together and she would get this stuff out of a movie. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you saying? And it was like, you know, like Charlie Brown, like wah, 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 wah. And I could not understand her heart mm. and could not connect, you know, with that different heart. And I can remember saying like, God, I, I don't know this language. I don't know what, what this is. And it's, and it was the first moment I think, you know, in those moments with her of realizing, okay, she's a different creature. She's not just a like a girl, but she's a different, there's something different and unique about her. Um, and I don't know how to mind this. I don't know how to like, this is a deep well, it's beyond my understanding. And so I, that, I think that was a, some of the first like ahas of, wow, um, she's so different. And those differences made me realize like, if you parent her, if you try to, take her and make her the way you are, you're totally going to miss who she is. You're totally going to miss what God has for her. And so it was in that lack of understanding her heart language that, that first like, okay, you're not, you're not parenting her towards who God's created her to be. You're parenting her towards who you are or how you see it or the way you would want it to look. And it was, you know, it was just that that's one of those moments of, wow, I, I, I'm missing it. <laughs> let, let me um, ask you this. Are you, to me, what you just laid out was you went from, I know to, I don't know, or yep. I'm a parent. So fill in the expectation box. I should know how to do blah to God. I don't know. You gave me this treasure and mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, talk to me a little bit about if it seems that the trajectory of this dependency on God is a trajectory of from, yeah, I know exactly what to do. And then you do it and do it and do it. And you're like, wow, why is things are all screwed up? 
you know, it's like my way ended maybe in this result to this posture of being a parent, but not being like, yeah, I know exactly what to do. I always know what to do. I'm the parent, you know, that it's like, you, you know what I'm, you understand the tension. I'm yeah, yeah, totally. I, I think is, I think is God began to, so I didn't grow up. I grew up, my mom and dad were first generation believers. Um, they did not grow up in Christian homes. They had no faith background at all. Um, I, you know, I was born to two kids, you know, 21 year old mom and dad who had been Christians less than what, four, three or four years themselves. Right. And, um, and so we were part of very fundamental churches. And and so like my parents gave me everything they could give me. And, and I believe that, and I'm super thankful for them as I stepped into being a dad, um, I just felt super inadequate mm. because my dad was learning how to father me along the way mm. and learning a lot of times, Hey, I probably shouldn't have done that, but it's already done. Right. <laughs> like I probably shouldn't have dropped him. Like he doesn't land on his feet. Like a cat does. I probably shouldn't have dropped him off the roof, but I've already got two broken legs. So he'll rush me to the hospital. Right. <laughs> um, and so as a dad, I, I kind of went into it feeling already somewhat in, inadequate. Okay. And, and so I, I think I, I had an awareness of like, I'm not sure I know what the heck I'm doing here. And I've, I, I felt a, a tremendous amount of um, performance around parenting and uh, a tremendous amount of like results and like I said, in one of the yeah. points that that day was focusing on behavior versus my heart, like the heart. And so that, that was in my heart. Like I'm, I'm so focused on behavior. I'm so focused on results. I'm so focused on outcomes. Um, and I didn't know what to do with it, but I knew that wasn't right. Does that, does that make sense? Like you, yeah. you know, I didn't know what the smell was. I, I didn't know what I needed to wash <laughs> out. Right. But I knew that that was not the right smell. Like, <laughs> not a good smell. To smell that way, right? <laughs> um, That's funny. And so I think that that made me kind of always asking the question, OK, what am I missing? What am I not doing right? Which was sort of the right question, but not exactly like the right question yeah. was, what am I what are you doing and how do I align myself to that? That was the right question that came seven or eight years later. So. It, so the, it, this question is just you know, like burning into me is that when God fathers us, right, which he's done for you, he's done for me. Mm -hmm. um, there's a point where the revelation of what God is trying to communicate to us about our value to him in the kingdom or just in general to him as as our dad translates into our parenting meaning sort of like when you start to experience a deeper level of experience of love from mm -hmm. our father it it shifts it, it gives us a capacity a new ability to provide that for our children mm -hmm. and, and and i was just curious if that has been your experience where it's sort of like you you kind of started off this parenting discussion about God coming after you, God coming after you, the glory in your life, the way that he has wired you. And I was wondering, 
you know, if you felt like there was a link between what he was showing you, revealing to you his feelings, whatever, his thoughts, his calling, whatever, and how that translated in, into how you parented, if you understand the the link. I, I think so. I think I understand okay. what you're saying. So how, how I think about this is you cannot give what you have not received. Hmm. So if I want to, if I want to teach my kid, if I want to offer my kids forgiveness, I have to actually experience real forgiveness because mm. I don't know what it looks like if I haven't received it first, then I know how to offer it. If I, if I don't know what unconditional love is, then how can I give it to my kids? Like, how can I give to them unconditional love? And so I think that like from my experience, and I, I think this is with all of us, like when I look around at really good dads and good men, what they offer is always out of their own story. It's always out of what they've received, mm. right? It's when, when, when somebody shares something and it really hits your heart, they're not teaching you something. They're giving testimony of some radical change that happened in their heart where God had fathered them or, or moved them or shown them something. And then they're sharing how that flowed into them and then out of them to other people. And I think that's totally with parenting. You know, for me growing up, love was conditional, right? It was based on performance. And as I began to understand God's unconditional love, I can't make him love me anymore. And I can't make him love me any less. And then as I understood delight, and this was a, this was so huge for me, as I started understanding God's delight in me, I started seeing things in my kids that I never saw before because I had experienced God's delight over me. Just like, Hey man, I just want to hang out with you. I just want to be with you and, and hearing him affirm my heart, not for, Hey, you're, you've made Harco a great company or you've built a great ministry or, Hey, I saw you love on that person. Yet. That was awesome, son. Like just those little places where I felt God's delight. Mm. I then knew how to see that in my kids. Like I knew how to recognize something in them that I didn't recognize before and then celebrate that. And so unconditional love and delight, I had to get that from my dad. I had to be fathered in that before I could turn around and delight in Lindsay's creativity. Yeah. Right? There's, yeah. There's things I, that I see that Lindsay has shown me and my other creative kids, Lindsay, Jared, Seth, Gabby, where I have a whole different view of something simply because God allowed me to be their parent, right? Like I would have never seen it that way. And yet him delighting in me allows me to see that and delight in that in them. And so I think that's super important. I actually think the more we pay attention to how God fathers us and in the places that he fathers us, the more we'll be aware of what I think our kids need. Because if I need it, then I know that they need it. Yeah, And it's something he's giving to me that I want to give to them. I want to share that with them. Right. Yeah. So Does that makes sense. Like, oh I man, it was so, it was, that was beautiful. <laughs> it was really good. I, I think that the, what the image I get is sort of like asking God 
to have a deeper experience of who he is, is a little bit like asking God to fill you. <laughs> it's going to be a weird analogy. Fill you <laughs> with, with his, his, uh, his love, his effect as a grenade is filled with, with, with explosives. Hmm. And as that, as you are filled in down the generations, up the generations, across the aisle, mm -hmm. in every direction, now God's effect starts to influence. Yep. Right. And and I think that that is the nature of of the Lord. And the beauty of what you're saying is not only was God you were receiving it from the Lord, you're recognizing God giving it to you through your children. Mm -hmm. And so this idea that. I am this and I'm supposed to do that. I'm the parent you receive from me, mm -hmm. right? Or I'm older, you're younger, you receive from me, right? And and yes, that may happen and that should very well happen. But in God's economy, everybody receives from the Lord. Yep. And, and if you want to be a participate in that, you say, God, make me that that's such a stupid analogy. Like me that love grenade, right? Make, make me that effect that just goes in every direction, right? And and you will see the Lord, it, it just bouncing back, you know, coming back. It, it just, it's it's incredible. And it always, and it's not, you know, that expectation of, well, I'm this now, so I should deliver that, right? And there's, it's kind of those expectations drop and the Lord, you deliver what you can, you do what you can you know, um, receiving and giving. So yeah. Anyway, I know that's maybe just a little out there, but <laughs> I love it. Somebody, so, it'll hit somebody's heart. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. So I, uh, well, man, I tell you what, I think that, um, uh, I mean, one of the things that it's been so great in this little conversation is just to capture your heart really, you know, kind of, it's very clear. The Lord has tenderized you. It's very clear the Lord has touched you. It's very clear that what you give, what you teach is testimony. What you give is life, out of life. And and I've said, and people have heard this on my podcast many times, you know, we are a sermon God is preaching to the world. Yeah. And, um, and so what that usually means is we've lived through something, we've gained some attribute of God, and, uh, and said, okay, I, I can bank you. I got a testimony about this. You know, it's not just knowledge. It's life experience of what you've come to learn. And, and so before I kind of let you go, um, is there anything else that you would want to offer, you know, to, to dads out there, you know, that are maybe in the thick of it, or maybe with the way we're child or, you know, they're just like, give me any, you know, I take any help I can get, yeah. uh, you know, what, what would you kind of maybe some words of wisdom for them? Um, I think, I think probably the, I think, you know, one of the things that Zoe has been pressing into is this idea of, is this problem of isolation with men. Mm -hmm. I think parenting can be one of the most isolating places we find ourselves as men, right? We, we feel this tremendous responsibility for these lives. We we deeply desire for them. Like when I think about my sons, you know, I think I want them to be better men, right? Yeah. Than what I am. And um, in spite of all of my shortcomings in parenting them, I expect them to be better men than I am. <laughs> my daughters, you know, to be stronger and, and, and better than I am. And 
that often leads me to, I think, two places. One, a place of isolation, because I think I've got to do it. I've got to figure it out. I've got to get it done on my own. And, and that's such, you know, it's an enemy of a, it's a lie of the enemy. Um, I truly believe that God never intended, and I, I'd stake my life on, it's one of those things I'd die on. He never intended us to father our children alone. He always intended to, for it to be a group project, right? First, me and him, right? Listening, like listening to his voice, following his lead, letting him father me. I father them through what he's fathered me through, right? It's always meant to be a group project. And so one, if you're isolated, you're going to get taken out. Don't father alone. And especially don't father without your heavenly dad, right? So that's the first really big thing um, that has, has always been hard. And then the second is that we put so much pressure um, on our kids to be something. And we try to fill in that something. Be humble enough to know that only God knows your kids' hearts. He knows who they, he's created them to be. He knows everything about them and um, always going to him for who are they? Who is this kid in front of me? What is their glory? What is their, um, you know, searching God's heart for their hearts? Um, so those are the two things I'd say to, you know, when you're as a dad, whether your kids are great or they're not great, you know, they're struggling, they're, they're on the path, um, is, is just that, you know, those two, those two things I'd say would be two things are remote, most instrumental for me. So as a dad, so. Well, it, it has been, um, awesome talking with you and, uh, and I just want to say, thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for sharing your testimony. And, uh, and I know that the Lord's gonna, gonna use this in, in folks lives. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share my story, brother. I appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I am doing a YouTube channel. So we do video formats of these podcasts and we'd love to have you look there. Okay guys, until next time, be awesome.